do the fizzle show, yeah! This is, of course, the fizzle show, where you come to learn about the art and science of creating a small business that you actually care about. Every Friday, we publish another episode about the, the meat and potatoes, the, the roasted t- potatoes and grilled meat. I, I don't know about the things that people have to deal with when they're making an independent living, doing something that they care about, like not just like not just how to take advantage of people, but actually doing something that, that, that you feel good about. Uh, I am Chase Warburton-Reeves. On the show today, we have Barrett Brooks and Corbett Barr. All of us work here at Fizzle.co. Unfortunately, we are missing one of our secret weapons, Steph Crowder. She's taking the week off. Go uh, go uh, enjoy yourself, Steph. And on the show today, we deal with something that's kind of essential. S- essential? It's, it's, I try to combine central and essential. So it's sensual. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about sensual. That's a different thing. <laughs> what, what it is is how do you make something that other people want? How on earth can you just figure out how to do that? In some ways, it's extremely simple. We get into that. In other ways, it's very complex. Some would say even dubious. We get into that as well. You can find the show notes and comments on this conversation at fizzleshow.co slash 121. That's 121. I will be back after this conversation. Please, 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 let's get into it. So, uh, so Barrett, you're saying it's hot as what in there? What, how hot is it? Hades. Hades. You know what? It is hotter than H-E double hockey sticks up in here. I am Pastor Roberts, and I'm here to say welcome, y'all. Welcome, God's called. Welcome, everyone, because what we have going on right here is just a lot of grace. That's I'm gonna, all that is. By the way, I'm going to take back what I said. Uh, I don't remember how many episodes ago, but we were talking about how much I enjoyed talking about the weather. Yeah. I, I still do enjoy talking about the weather, <laughs> but I heard recently on a podcast— Somebody started talking about the weather where they live, and I was just like, I don't care about this. <laughs> it makes for incredibly boring radio. Which brings us to the topic for today's show. And Barrett, would you fill us in on exactly what we're getting into? You're the one in charge today, but I'll fill everyone in. Well, so, I don't want to I don't want to be presumptuous, so I want to let you go ahead and hand over the reins to you. In this new roadmap that we're building inside of Fizzle. We wanted to put together a little video about how we think about business. And okay, so, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a second. Let me step in. What's going on here? All right, what we've done is we've worked with freaking <laughs> hundreds, thousands of entrepreneurs, okay, right? Thousands of entrepreneurs have come through Fizzle. We've worked closely with multiple hundreds of them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see the same habits and patterns show up again and again and again and again and again, and that lead to... Uh, frustration, wasting tons of time, and ultimately probably burnout, stuff like that. So in our roadmap, oh God, oh God. In our roadmap, sorry, everything's fine now. <laughs> We've got the very first, begin, we're, we're building out this huge roadmap within Fizzle. And the very first thing we wanted to create, okay, three rules. We know that you can only remember three things. You've got a big idea on your hands or you don't have an idea and you want to get to one and you don't know if you're capable of having an idea. You're like, oh, so we've got you in that moment. I want to get you to remember three things about building your business, okay? Three rules to build your business by. So Corbett and I did a bunch of work, narrowed down all of the rules that we could have landed on. And what we're going to talk about today is the very first one of those rules, okay? Which is, Corbett, what is it? Make something people want. Make something people want. Barrett, what was it? Make something 
people want. Make something people want. Repeat after me. Make something people want. Yeah. Make something people two, want. Two things before we jump in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, First, we should mention that um, this rule is heavily borrowed from someone that we admire and pay a lot of attention to. His name's Paul Graham. He's a venture capitalist. He also runs Y Combinator. Y Combinator. And um, that's one of his like main rules for how to build a successful business. And he's seen this over and over and over again. He's coached, like we have, dozens or hundreds yeah. of businesses, which is great. Um, second thing. Before we just gloss over, like we have this little roadmap thing that we're yeah. building inside of Fizzle. What what's this roadmap thing that you that you're talking about? Yeah, All that's right? it, okay. Well, sorry. So we got a, we got a roadmap coming in Fizzle. Like, so I can find uh, directions to something. It's on funny a you journey. say that. It, it's a lot like that. Like you, when you build a business, you have a lot of steps and stages that you have to go through, and you may not know about which ones. It's kind of like wait, you wait, know, wait hold on. What steps stages? Okay, you know what I mean. It's kind of com 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 com. com I smell toast. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. It's kind of complicated. So suffice it to say, building a business is not as simple as just making something people want because then you've got to get in front of those people and you've got to put it in languages that they're going to understand and you got to have a page that they can click the button. All this stuff. So much stuff that you got to do. And we're going to walk you through Every step of that Got in the roadmap. It's like it's like a, a guided tour down the yellow brick road. We're going to hold your hands and make sure that you get there safely. Okay, so, so here's saying, my story on it. Yeah. In the early days of Fizzle, when wait, people joined up. Wait, we were just getting started. <laughs> Barrett, what are you doing? Just people behind the scenes, what's going on is uh, for the last several episodes, I've been trying to do this thing where uh, instead of doing a fizzle pitch, I just start asking questions about fizzle. like a four year old. And it makes these people uh, that I share this microphone space with so frustrated, <laughs> so frustrated. Uh, and then so, and then finally, someone uh, someone joined fizzle and said it was because it was because of that amazing. Yeah. And hilarious then we lost and- <laughs> and I didn't want to mention to you, but I had actually heard from a couple of other people who said that they signed up for that reason. So I love that we were all hiding. You know what? It. We're all hiding it from you. <laughs> sometimes you go. Sometimes you're shooting in the dark, and sometimes you're shooting with the lights on. Either way, you're gonna make a fire. You know what I'm saying? So when you're asking yourself, "What am I gonna build?" You gotta build something good. That's right. You are gonna build a good. What are you gonna build? Something people want. That's right. Uh huh. That's my baby. You were saying, Barrett. Anyways, the way I always explain the roadmap and how it came about is that in the early days of Fizzle, the challenge was having enough resources to make our customers happy. So they come in, they get onboarded, and there just aren't that many courses because you had just launched, right? And so the challenge then was, how do we make people feel like they're getting value out of this, even though there aren't a whole host of resources like some other online education platforms? And so the solve for that was you spend a lot of time with them, you invest in them in the forums, you make it an active community, and you kind of plant the seeds for the culture we're going to build. Well, now we've gotten to this point three years in where we did our onboarding and people come into Fizzle and then they get dropped off into this vast ocean of things, 100,000 forum posts and 29 courses and hundreds of video lessons, and people don't know what's next or where to start in their business as it relates to Fizzle. And so what we heard over and over and over from people was, I don't have time to figure out how Fizzle is going to help me. And so Corbett went away into his little mad scientist laboratory and came back out with this idea of a roadmap, which puts all of our resources into context of where are you and where is your business? And therefore, what can we do for you based on what we offer at Fizzle? So the roadmap is a way to contextualize where you are in your business and what comes first or next for you. 
that sounds pretty good for anybody out there who's wearing a lab coat and carries around a clipboard with them and like really interested like spreadsheets they're like plugging into a spreadsheet like what can fizzle do to me oh i, I see it contextualizes sorry i'm just talking <laughs> crap <laughs> but it's it's funny people because that's literally how how barrett's brain works literally and, and unfortunately we don't have the counterpart the thing that balances barrett out steph crowder rhymes with chowder on the show today but you know what a word from our sponsors you can go listen to steph today at entrepreneur on fire where they've just done a week of episodes uh, John Lee Dumas, who runs Entrepreneur on Fire, in case you're one of the three people uh, in the world who don't know about that show, he did uh, seven days of interviewing uh, Fizzlers, or five days, I think, of fizz- interviewing Fizzlers, people who are within Fizzle, uh, talking about their businesses and stuff. And one of them was Steph Crowder. So in the show notes of, the, of this episode, I'm going to go ahead, because you're probably lacking the, the sort of coherent intelligence that she brings to the show. Steph, we miss you. I need you back here. I'm about to take us off the rails again. Uh, you can go to the show notes for this episode, which will be at fizzleshow.co slash 121. The first link at the top of those show notes is going to be Steph's uh, interview on Entrepreneur on Fire. And if you don't know her story, you should definitely listen to that because actually it's a great conversation between her and John. I listened to it the other day. I bet you guys didn't. Good for I you. did. I listened every day of the interviews. Shoot, man. All right. So now we've contextualized the roadmap in the context of what Fizzle can do for you. Uh, what I want to do is just jump right in, you know what I mean? Just l- offer some love and some grace and some some hospitality to all those out there who are looking to find a little is bit of grace like in their life. an Ode to the South episode? <laughs> it's funny you should say that because, uh, no, it's not, in fact. Uh, it's not funny at all. Oh, hey, guys. We should make it an Ode to the South, though, because we can make it official now. To everyone out there who's been asking for ever when it's going to happen. When's what going to happen? You know what's happening? Let me, let me, hear, let me hear what you're saying. Well, uh, put, what? in August. Yeah. Drum roll, please. Very good. I'm Bing. moving to Portland. Oh, oh. <laughs> you're going to start making your own jams, your artisanal jams, and you're making your hemp necklaces. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. I live in an alternative lifestyle listening to Everclear. So alternative. <laughs> Riding your unicycle. Oh, gosh, So for man. all of you that were placing bets, you win. You win. <laughs> you win. <laughs> if you placed a bet, good news is you win. All right. Are we 12 minutes into the <laughs> good show? Good Lord. <laughs> what happened? Are we 12 minutes into the show? Barrett, we're excited Can to we have start you on yet? here. We are. We are. We're, we're pumped. In some ways, it's old news. It's too old. Uh, get over it. Uh, which is a great Eagles song. Who are you song. talking to? Talking to myself. <laughs> get right. over it. Get over it. We bam, have uh, we have really we lathered up too much before this. We, we lathered really up. Did. We got we Chase, and I, Chase and I met for lunch about three hours ago, <laughs> and um, he started into this just deep existential crisis. Yeah, I'm ready to. I'm and ready to goof we off. had to go full. We had to go down the entire rabbit hole of what is business, what's the meaning of life. <laughs> and, and Corbett was so gentle and patient. He's like, yes, but if that man, was the case, then then you wouldn't be able to know right, right from wrong, would I you? I think we came full circle, but <laughs> now we're just barely amped. Barely. So, but I do want to get into this topic because like I said before, before uh, Barrett uh, took us off into science and f- spreadsheets land, pardon, uh. me, pardon me French there, um, the... This first rule we're going to talk about today, okay, which is make something people want. Here's my here's my bone with this one, guys, okay? Here's the challenge that I got into on this one, because I've been writing the script for this video. Um, the challenge with this is there's this inherent... Okay, here's my favorite business ideas, okay? 
something that comes from from the thing that I myself want to see fixed in the world, some problem that I myself have. And in fact, as Corbett mentioned, Paul Graham is someone we we are borrowing this make something people want thing from in the first place. And here's what he says about the very best startup ideas. The very best startup ideas tend to have three things in common. They're something the founders themselves want. That's number one. Number two, that they themselves can build. And three, that few others realize are worth doing. Microsoft, Apple, Yahoo, Google, and Facebook all began this way. Okay, so what I love about this this idea of, of the great startup ideas is that they come from an itch that I myself have that I need to scratch. This is a very common, common uh, uh, thing uh, in terms of the advice of how to start, how to find an idea for your business. Well, what are the problems that you see in your world that you wish were different? Blah, blah, blah. Like it's some easy thing to just look at. But the truth is, it is really tough to find. And then once you're building one of your business ideas, once you're actually doing it, then you'll find 150,000 other business ideas that you realize would be just as good. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I think that looking for business ideas is a skill that you can get better at. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so my challenge with with this idea of make something people want Let's talk about the fundamentals of it first, okay? The fundamentals of this is simply this. Have a customer-centric focus to your business, all right? Instead of going into your head, getting locked inside your own, you know, beehole about what it is you want to make, this vision, this thing. You know what? I, I, a word I landed, or a sentence I landed on when I was writing the script is like, it's, it's not your job to know what's going to work. It's not your job to know what is going to work or not. That's not what makes you an entrepreneur. For every Steve Jobs success success story out there, some person who's like, I had to get it done no matter what. You know what I mean? For every for every person that's a visionary like that, there's hundreds of thousands of failures. And and the opposite is true for people who start from the customer-centric point of view. I have this problem. Okay, so let's start there. I have this problem. I wonder if other people have this problem too. Really what we're talking about when we say make something people want is not that first impulse, I have this problem, but the second, I wonder if other people have this problem too. Right. And so when when people say you can find business ideas by looking at your own problems, yeah, I think they mean a couple of things. One is that's just one way to find business ideas. It's not the only way. It happens to be one that has worked well for some people, like yeah. you mentioned, like Facebook. Yeah. Um, but the key there is that you have to, if you're going to solve your own problem, it has to be something that other people want solved as well for it to take yeah. off as a business. Now, some people get lucky in that all they do is solve their own problem and it happens that there are um, thousands or millions of other people out there who yeah. have the same problem. Um, but a lot of people also decide to solve their own problem and they find out that nobody else has that same problem, Right. So the key there is that for most of us who aren't going to get lucky by having a problem that the rest of the world shares and that we're able to solve well, the key is to find out if other people want this thing and to find out soon, right? Find out as quickly as possible. Yeah, the way we put it on the phone the other day was like, was was check and see if there's a market for this thing. Yeah. If there's any, if anybody out there actually wants this thing. Barrett, does this all? Uh, are you tracking with this? Does this all sound good to you? Oh yeah. What 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 do you have to add right now? I actually don't have a lot to add. I like the path or the path we're on right now. I, you kind of deride some of the comments I made to you yesterday, but that's okay. I'm I'm sticking with you here. I don't even know what you just said. So 
Yeah. So when you and I were talking yesterday, Chase, mm-hmm. uh, we do this. We just talk. I talk to Chase. Barrett talks to Chase. Yeah. Then so, I talk to Barrett. Uh, here's, here's the insight. <laughs> the insight is I literally, I'm, I'm a pretty decent writer. I literally am so far in my own head. Every time I try to write something, I have to call someone first Yeah. and be like, okay, so email, right? That's, I mean, it's, it's a good thing, right? We like email. <laughs> but isn't that exactly, that's like a meta point about making something people want. I didn't, right? I didn't really mean for it to be, right? But I'm glad that it is. And so it you don't necessarily have to talk to thousands and thousands of customers, but you have to talk to somebody. Exactly. Um, and you have to talk to somebody that's not just a yes person. You know, you have to talk to somebody who's not just like, oh yeah, okay, that sounds like a great idea. You yeah. have to talk to someone who's going to be critical about it. Right. Because what you're trying to do is get, you're trying to gather evidence that this thing is is going to work and you're trying to find out it like what are all th- what are the reasons why this is a bad idea you yeah. know because it's really easy just to hear from people yeah 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 that sounds good and i think early on especially it's early to pick something you like that is is so much it's so selfish of a thing that a business can't be built around it i think some people get inside their own heads going back to your point chase so much that they can't actually focus on the need that other people have as well and finding the intersection between the problems they have or the interests they have and what other people have as well. And so that's one of and the I problems people run into. And I think it's easy to conflate the the problem that you have or the the desire to to build this thing with the overall outcome that you're going to get from building a business. So what I mean by that is um, it's easy for you to feel really good about the problem that you're trying to solve because what you really want is the outcome of that, which is a successful business. So you start to delude yourself. Your self-talk is that this is a really important problem and my solution is going to be amazing to yeah. this. And if you just live inside of your own echo chamber, you can go months or years building this thing. And I think there's this misconception about entrepreneurship that it's it's sort of like the old school inventor model where yeah. you go away in a laboratory Somewhere, somewhere <laughs> in sorry, England. You, I'm sorry, did you say laboratory? <laughs> I did. Was that near the raspberry? <laughs> yes. Literally one of the best words I know. And, uh, and, and you work on this thing and then you unleash it to the world only after it's perfect, after it's complete. Yep. And yep. what we've learned from Paul Graham and what we've learned from Eric Ries and what we've learned from um, our own failures is that you have to check in on a regular basis to find out if this thing that you're making is truly something that other people want. Yeah. Okay. So here's a couple things that I'm thinking about. Number one, um, this, okay. So this idea, make something people want. It's really simple. It's almost dumb how simple it is, right? Duh. You know, on the surface, it's, it's just simply this. If you want a successful business, make something other people want enough to pay you for that thing. That's like all business ever. Um, and yet, uh, in order to like exit the flow of our culture in such a like you have to reach escape velocity to like not instead to instead of going and looking for a new desk job or just staying where you are in your current job or trying to climb the corporate ladder, you have to reach escape velocity, which requires what I call this like necessary bit of delusion. You know, this all it's like faith in yourself that you can do this, which is inherently a dangerous thing to think. Now that is necessary to get you up out of the current of our culture and yet it's also can can backfire if you don't re-correct it you know what i mean because that's what gets us stuck too far in our head right so you need some delusion you need delusion to get up out of the way out of out of like you know to just realize that you could even do this for you could try this yeah let alone be successful just trying it takes so much guts 
right? And you're so brave to try it because that, and that bravery doesn't come from an unfounded sense of, you don't believe you're a total piece of crap. Yeah. Like, you know, you have some faith in yourself and you can do, do this. Do you all remember like how embarrassing it was to think about telling other people in your lives that you were thinking about I'm, building a business? I'm still embarrassed to say what, not that I'm embarrassed. I just don't have words to say it. My but, friends call me an internet counselor. <laughs> right. That's, that's accurate. But don't you remember how, how, hesitant or timid or embarrassed you felt about feeling like people would think who the hell are you to think you can build a business it's like being a hippie it's like all of a sudden you start making your own oh good hey, yeah he started a place thinks he's gonna start his own business next thing you know he'd be patchworking his own pants right he's growing so, dreadlocks yeah they worry that you're gonna be handing out business cards and like just blabbing on and on about yeah. your yourself right or that you're going full alternative like yeah. real deal like yeah or, well, i believe in a barter economy yeah or like oh that's nice like yeah He'll be back one day yeah. after his business fails. Go get hey, go give him hell, Tiger. And when you're ready, come on back here. Yeah, and I'll and I'll, and and I'll talk we'll to a buddy. Here. He works at a credit card processing company. He can hook you <laughs> he up. Can we'll get, get you a, a job. job. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So there's this necessary delusion that it takes to just give yourself a chance to try something, but that can backfire because yeah. it's the thing that's going to make you go out into you know into the woodshed and go like you know like an like an evil genius over time just like the lights get dimmer and and, yeah. and, and you're like mm, they're finally going to see what I'm capable of and that's not the way to do this exactly to make something that people want you have to have a customer centric point of view now this is not something that has been built into business from the beginning this is something that enterprise has notoriously struggled exactly with, and that's right? that's one of the key problems here is that I think you're inherently removed from customers in everyday life. So uh, a couple of examples I, I'm thinking of is if you're just coming out of college, it's really hard to have perspective on what people might want. If you're just coming out of a desk job that you've been in for the past 10, 15, 20 years, and that's been the focus of your life, you're probably removed from actual customers in whatever business you've been working in. And it's going to be really it's, I won't say it's going to be impossible, but it's going to be challenging for sure to get back in that mindset of there's me and there's customers and I need to build a connection there and I need to find out what people are going to want enough to pay for it. And I think that's where some people get lost is in the spiral of, well, I don't know if I have anything I'm actually interested in or a problem that I actually have that I would be worth paying or that I would be willing to pay to solve. And so people just say, oh, I know this thing over here. People want to quit their job. So I'm going to go do that for my business. And that's not always the best way to get there. I think well, you've got to figure out a way to get some new experiences or new perspective. And the the second part of Paul Graham's rules that Chase started out reading um, was that it's something that the entrepreneurs themselves are capable of building. Yeah. And the, the trouble with people who feel like, well, you know, the thing that I wished existed in the world was someone who could wake me up from my slumber and instill passion in me and teach me how to build yeah. a career for myself. That's great. And we all wish that existed. And we, we ourselves are trying to build that at Fizzle. But most people coming directly out of college aren't capable of doing that. You don't have enough experience. In now, life this yet. is a big deal. Actually, let me reiterate what you just said. A lot of us are who when we finally get enough chutzpah to start a business. It's because we just finally, we got fired up by Tony Robbins or, or Jess Lively or uh, Pat Flynn, Pat Flynn or John Lee Dumas or Scott Dinsmore, right? Or even Corbett Barr, our very own Corbett Barr. <laughs> um, and, and, and so you go like, you know what I want to do for a living? I want to do what that person just did for me, yeah. right? Because, well, frankly, because it's not that difficult to do. The heart, I mean, you can hang a shingle saying that you're a, a motivational speaker right now. 
Right. You can do that. Whether or not anybody hires you to do that is a whole other ballgame, right? Yeah. But you're, what you're saying is, is true in that a lot of people that we see come through our doors at Fizzle are saying, I want to do this kind of thing. And it's vague. And it, it, it's, it's all those things. Like It's like when we're looking at uh, Tony Robbins now, we're seeing something that's very big and vague, and he can afford to be big and vague and reach as many people as he wants because he started very small as like hypnosis and NLP you know yeah consulting things like getting someone to overcome their fear of snakes or something right right it was very it was like something that you're like nobody would ever hear of unless they were a crazy person already right so so that's just an example and, of this like focusing down on something that you can actually do yeah that has tangible value and, and this is this is exactly where um you said earlier that we're going to talk about one rule right now but in reality there's this whole roadmap that you need to follow to build a business because yeah Making something people want is is probably the best start you can have, mm-hmm. but there are other things to think about. Mm-hmm. But if you just start with finding something that people want, and the second part of that to me is how deeply do people want this thing? Yeah. Because you can say, I'm making something people want, you know, yeah. sort of. They kind of like, yeah. they feel, they lukewarm. I mean, people like trail mix, right? Yeah, they're <laughs> lukewarm about it. Yeah. So that's fine. Um, And, you know, maybe you'll make a go of it, but you'll probably have to claw your way through. But if you can find something that people desperately, badly, yeah. madly, like want more mm. than anything else in their lives, yeah. and that thing also My hasn't- Precious. Also, exactly. Yeah. If you can find something like that and that other people aren't able to satisfy in a way that you can- <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, all right, so I got a new framework for business. It's called smeagling, okay? <laughs> when you want to do a successful business, all you got to do is find someone's precious. Yeah. Everybody needs a precious. Everybody's got a precious. In 1994, researcher Sally Samsonite and Bill Beffries put together a crazy study. It was nuts. Can I... uh can I just point out that these new headphones you bought, they really do work, especially when you're <laughs> screaming in both of my ears. I appreciate that. All right. I'm just saying that you should smeagle no, that. That's it's amazing. Smeagle it. It's actually a hey, really good point. It. It's a really good smeagle point. Smeagle it. You want smeagle about a bagel you don't right need now? to talk. You don't need. I'm, I'm not talking about a schmear. I, hey, hey. Oh, no, I'm switching. I'm not talking about a schmear. Not to say that I wouldn't like one. Okay. You know, but he's talking about smeagling. So let the man speak. Hey. I'm speaking over here. I can't wait till Steph listens to this and she's like, what the hell happened to these guys? That it's a great point though. So if 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 your customer is Yeah, I'll be damned if that's the last time we say smeagling. No, it's amazing. It's gonna have to be So if your if your customer is like a a, a massive base of smeagles who are after their precious and you are able to create that, it, that's amazing. If on the other hand, your customers are like your mom going, Oh, that's nice, dear. Yeah. Like yeah, that's that's a good idea. Like like literally, I was on I was on a website called Instacart where I shop uh, for my food half the time nowadays, mostly just Lacroix, um, and and that's I was the looking wrong for trail mix. Lacroix, Lacroix, I was looking for Lacroix and and trail mix because we're almost out of trail mix. So Costco has a trail mix, a lot of value there. But guess what? It's almost all cheap chocolate, a little bit of cranberries, and a few nuts. Because they can save a ton of money by throwing crap chocolate in there because yeah. nuts are spendy. So uh, I was having this problem and I was like, wouldn't it be great if someone made a great 
trail mix that was still valuable you know but the truth is there's a bunch of those out there yeah and they're fighting tooth and nail to try to get chosen and i'm looking at i'm going like how much and i'm and it's like a pure value call for me but then there's this other thing a quality creeping in mm-hmm. so it's just another example of like okay it's a convoluted hard thing to like nobody's your trail mix might not change someone's life the way that like maybe a donut can and it doesn't mean that it can't be a great business but it, it likely won't be a rocket ship business unless you come up with a type of trail mix that people desperately want more than other kinds of trail mix. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and so, and then that, but all of that to reiterate your point that like, if it's like a, eh, it's a decent business. Yeah. I kind of want that. Yeah. That, that'd be kind of nice. That's very different from my precious smiggle it. Um, but at the same time, there's this other, this is where a huge challenge comes in for me. Okay. Because my favorite businesses are the ones that are least likely to take off right away. Great example of that, brain pickings, okay? And arguably, this isn't even a business. This is a donation-based, this is a charity. This is a, this is NPR, right. okay? She, brainpickings.org is this great site. Basically, the through line on it for me is about the creative life, about, you know, writers and, and things like that. She's just full, full of amazing quotes and books and reviews and things like that. It's just incredible stuff, right? It's, it's, so, it's hard to put a, a finger on, but it's intoxicating when you're in there. Okay, well, the origin story of this place is that it was an email she started sending to a few of her friends mm-hmm. about similar kinds of topics. And earlier on, it actually had a little bit of a different angle to it. I think it was vaguely like kind of some tech news and some things like that with a little more literary commentary on it. That started incredibly small and it took, it's, she's on her eighth year now. And now she's at, you know, millions of people on her website every month and all this other stuff. Right. And, and she gets donations. She does affiliate revenue. She's making money. It's fine. But that was never her focus in the first place. Yeah. I love that that business exists. And if she would have followed our ideas, it probably wouldn't exist. Do you understand? I, this is where this is I don't, where wait. I don't I don't see how saying make something people want negates brain pickings because make something people want in. Okay, this is this is a good point, because what? When I think of make something people want, I think of, uh, I want, I'm looking for a market that, that smeagles, that wants this thing, right? And it has to be a big enough market. Like it needs to be enough to be able to buy a thing and earn some revenue. Um, and in, and what instead she did was like, I'm going to focus on this, on me and a small group of people that are, that are very much like, like me. I have nothing to sell these people. I have just my ideas and the things that we're interested in. And and she was surprised when it grew over time. So two things about that. First is um, she started, you just said, by emailing people. Therefore, she was having this interaction with people. At least they didn't say, stop sending this to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there was some inclination that people wanted that thing. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that, of course, there's survivorship bias involved here. Yeah. So we're talking about Maria and that's great. But how many thousands of people started some blog totally. about they thought was interesting that nobody else really wanted. Totally, but I'm still glad it exists, right? I'm of still course. glad you started it up. Of course, I am glad... as well. But there are thousands of other people who might be better off taking the advice of trying to find something that other people desperately want and now. that's where we're putting a stake in the ground in that we're not talking about creating a blog or a podcast. We're talking about earning a living, doing right. something that you care about. Right. This is not about how to be cool with your friends. Right. And you can totally start a business and still be cool. And you can start a business that might even help you be cooler. Right, but cool is and not. And you can also start a business that's not cool and still have friends. Yeah, yeah. Ask a. Uh, where where's he going with this? <laughs> I was just looking for a name that was safe, and oh. I couldn't find any safe names. Close one. Yeah. <laughs> and I paused, blocked just, myself. Just ask Oprah. I'm talking about smeagling again.
Okay. You know, sometimes when you get one of those bagels, right? And it's just, it's just been boiled. It's been sitting there and they put some sesame seed on top. Oh my God. And then you cut it in half and it, and it just, it slices right through it. It's such a dense, dense loaf of bread. You know, it's wrapped in a little, in, and then you smeagle it. Oh my God. I love that. I just want to talk about that. I think you're mixing metaphors. I'd love to mix a metaphor so, with you. So I think that's it. I mean, I don't think we have to beat this idea to death. Okay. But like, okay, as long as I feel like we've, because here's the, here's the, that's the process that I've been on. Okay. Make something people want. Duh. This is the concept that's undergirded business ever since the beginning of time. It's simple. You have a fish. I want a fish. Here's a sheep. I'll trade you one sheep for eight fish. Yeah. Does that work? Nine. Okay. Let's do nine. Right. Um, it's like, you have something I want. I'd like to pay you for that thing. I'd like that thing enough to, to it's going to cost me X. Uh, it's worth it to me, right? Make something people want. Well, and you talked earlier about like the kind of business that you admire most, which is yeah. I, I created something for myself because I really wanted it to exist. And it turns out that other people want this too, Yeah, like Facebook. That's great. But there's another kind that kind of precedes that, which is I made something and just because I wanted it with no intention of building yeah. it into a business and somebody came over and they're like, whoa, you made that, that clamp for your lights in your yeah. studio. Yeah. Can you make me one? And then you're like, wait a sec, you want one of these? Yeah. And you build one for them and then you build one for another person and suddenly you stumble into a business. Yeah. That's pretty cool as well. And that starts all with the desire That's of someone all else. The, yeah, you're right. You're right. And, but actually, no, it starts still with scratching your own itch, yeah. but not seeing the opportunity but until not in, someone bugs you about it. Exactly. Right? Um, and then, and then another great example of that is Matt Giovannisi put together his own little plugin to you know grab the uh, Amazon affiliate thing and pull in the description and X, Y, and Z and do all this other stuff, right? Yep. And a lot of people are approaching him like, hey, can, can I buy that from you? Can I? And he's like, not, he was like it's not for sale. Like, it's yeah. like just my own thing, yeah. scratching my own itch because a lot of products that he promotes on his site, this makes his job a lot easier, Yeah, right? So there's a lot of opportunity out there where you can come up with an idea because of a little scratch that you had or a little itch you had you needed to scratch. You can make that thing and then you can, or you can do, you can do a little research on the front half about is there a market, are, do do other people feel this way? You know, the other thing that we might be glossing over here a little bit is... Smeagling? No. I feel the, like we didn't gloss smeagling. <laughs> is the first word in that phrase, which is make. Mm. And I think there are a lot of people who are like um, ruminating on business ideas, trying to come up, you know, how do I think of business ideas, blah, blah, blah. And what the, the component that they're missing isn't coming up with business ideas. They probably have, you know, a lot of them all the mm -hmm. time. The component they're missing is actually putting something out there, actually making something yeah. so that other people can look at it objectively and say, yes, that's something I want. Because telling someone about your business idea is one thing, but you're not getting accurate feedback because you probably aren't describing it well. You probably aren't capable of building it in the way that you're describing. And the people aren't experiencing what it's actually like. Yeah. So you're not getting that feedback that you need to find out if people will actually want this thing. You have to make something, even if it's a prototype, even if it's a minimum viable product, whatever, you have to put something out there for other people to judge in order to get that real feedback. Yeah. And a lot of successful business owners are just good at making stuff and putting it out there and seeing if it works instead of dwelling on how do I come up with the perfect idea and implement it perfectly. And five years later, I have a business. Some people just try 10 things and one of them works, Yeah, you know, because they're good at making things and putting it out there. Yeah. I think, I think that's actually a really big point. The, the, uh, you know, you, you, when you, when you, when you, when you say a sentence, I just don't want you to forget about the first word, which in this case is not smeagling. <laughs> There's it, an action here, right? It very well could have been smeagling. I just want to. I just want to present. Smeagle something parties. people want. Smeagle something. No, make people smeagle people with things you've made. 
now it's getting a little dicey. <laughs> she does that. Um, okay, l- let me let me look into my head for a second. Barrett, is there anything that you want to to add to this conversation? I don't know. I, I think the biggest thing for me is that you have to be interested enough in something to make it. And if I if I were going to leave people with one point, I don't know that we're ending right now, but but my biggest point here is don't just take the first thing that you find. Like just because there's an Xbox controller in your hand and you're playing Halo, that doesn't mean your business should be based on Halo. It might mean that you need to go out and find something else to be interested in or pick one yeah. of your other interests. <laughs> By and the way, so, good. What? By the way, the biggest joke is on us because I remember distinctly uh, a couple of years ago. Actually, it was a phrase that Chris Gillibo used when he was talking about coming up with business ideas. He was like, it has to be something that people are willing to pay you for. And I happen to be good at Halo, but nobody's going to pay me to play that. <laughs> well, the joke's on us, right? Because us. of all those g- networks yeah, out there yeah. now where people just watch PewDiePie other people. PewDiePie made like, what, $10 million, $7 million? Yeah. And he's like, for all the people who are sad about how much money I'm making, and so <laughs> there here's was a the long key to that, time though. where there wasn't any money. That person was so interested in Halo that they were able and willing to make that their career the thing like they've cared enough about halo to be incredible at that and to be worth watching and my point is most people aren't even interested enough in halo to make that their business right so be interested enough in something that it has a fighting chance of becoming a business yeah and another angle in on that is my friend donald miller says live a, a a life that's like a good story like live a story that's worth telling. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if you want to take a good picture, climb a mountain and then then with, like with your son and then take a picture there yeah. or something like that. Or take uh take your grandfather in his wheelchair up to like the highest place that you can get to with with the best vista for wheelchair access, right? Like just to be like this is in North America the highest place that you can get you can be on a wheelchair elevation wise like that's just it's something it tells noteworthy. a story it's yeah. it, it's and so the same thing with your business one two of the questions that i always ask because when we're talking about make something we people people want we're really talking about like how do i find a great business idea you know what i mean and and and, and or i have a what i feel like is a good business idea how do i how do i tell if other people would be interested in that kind of thing right yeah. but um one of the one of the questions into this is 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 because I love this angle that you're providing, Barrett, on interest or care, right? Or even uh, <laughs> passion, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Because just because passion is a word that that just is clouded. It's muddied by a lot of different things. Like It's like you don't have to get an erection to like the business that you're doing. You know what I mean? You can just care a lot about it. In fact, is it wrong for you to get one? Get <laughs> now, listen, a lot of you might be feeling something a little bit strange in your bodies. <laughs> okay? Just want to let you know that's perfectly normal. Most business ideas are associated with the rise in blood pressure that might relate to certain sexual arousal functions. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, I just, I'm not done doing a lot of voices today. That's what I'm learning. It's just, yeah. It's a, yeah, that's what I'm learning. Um, so this care and interest thing is interesting to me, uh, and I care about it, because one of the question that, you, you see what I did there? One question you can ask yourself is like, what's a problem out there that is important to me that I would like to see solved in my lifetime? or in my child children's generation or something like that, right? That is a really big question. It gets you thinking about really interesting things. It made me start to think about music. Like, I love music. I love listening to music. I love the way Sonos put music in my life. Well, Sonos is a company that's solving some pretty interesting problems with music. Same thing with audio and now Apple's music stuff, right? It's like, I want to see artists getting paid. I want to I I I see artists getting paid for the music that they make. That's a huge problem, massive problem. 
go throw your body on the machine of that problem and see what comes out. Because the very at the very least, you're smeagling. You're smeagling. You know what I mean? You see what you've done? You've tried to find a business idea where they're smeagling and now you're yeah. smeagling. And I like that. I think that I think that's an effective path to go for. But and I, that's not starting your own business ne- necessarily. Right. But, but it's it, it it could lead towards the same fulfillment levels. It could. So but the the ideal scenario is where there's an overlap. If there was a hundred percent overlap between your precious and your audience is precious. Bing, 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 bing. That's called an erection. Folks. That's <laughs> that's amazing. And I'm talking about the way that the chart goes on the. It's called an, so, an erection graph. It's uh, a hockey stick. Yeah, a hockey stick. Um, but so if if you build something that people want and you yourself don't want it or care about it, you're gonna have a hard time following through with that business idea. So that's why a lot of times we say, you know, look yeah. in your own life and see what you care about. Um, so you're looking for that overlap. You're looking for the thing that you care about and that your audience cares about. And I think to say that you should only build something that other people want or you should only build something that you want yourself um, is misguided in in both directions. You know what, guys? This is a very complicated issue. And it's something that, you know, it derives from the heart, like most things that matter in life. And I want to say to each and every one of you out there, I see that hand, who are thinking about what this means for your life, how you're going to apply this to your life. Just remember Pastor Corbett's words about you're looking for that overlap, all right? Not necessarily the erections, you know, and yes, I know that's a bad word. (laughs) Is is Barrett laughing or is he groaning? I was waiting for more laughs and then I realized it was a groan and I was like, I have to stop now. You just stopped I think he me just in like my tracks. I think he just like folded his arms and like <laughs> breathed fire into his microphone. That was so visceral and guttural. Like the whole like f this guy. <laughs> I have been Chase Boardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Barrett. You're welcome, Brooks. <laughs> and we'll see you there, or we'll, we'll see, see you another time. time. So there you have it. That is exactly how to make something other people want. I mean, are all your questions answered? Are you not entertained? Do you not have all the answers that you need to succeed in life? I certainly hope you do. You can find show notes on this episode at fizzleshow.co slash 121. That's where you're going to find a link to Steph Crowder's episode of Entrepreneur on Fire. She did an awesome job. It was a great episode. And that's not the only one that you can find there. I've actually included all the other Fizzle Entrepreneur on Fire links that you can get there. You're going to like them. They're great. They're actually really, really cool. You get to hear from like one of the ones that I listened to was Abby Lawson from Just a Girl in Her Blog telling her story about how she built her thing. This is awesome stuff. So you'll find those at fizzleshow.co slash one, two, one. Listen, I'm not even going to ask you for an iTunes review today. You see what I did there? I I didn't ask you to go to the iTunes store and search for Fizzle and, and write a review for us because uh that would would that be rude for me to ask that of you i don't think it'd be rude i let me tell you why i don't think it'd be rude to ask that of you i'm not going to ask that of you but i'll tell you why it wouldn't be rude it wouldn't be rude because of of how much great stuff you can get on this podcast for free that's why 
I mean, like, clearly, nobody would look at it and say, that's rude of you to ask for that. You know, because everybody knows, like, this is a great show. These guys are putting their, their whole lives into this and making it great and really trying to anticipate my questions and, and answer the things that, that, I'm, that I'm dying to know about. So that wouldn't be rude at all if you asked me to write a review for you, Chase. No, you know what? I'm glad you said that, but I don't actually, I, I'm not going to ask you. I, I'm, I, I'm just going to just go ahead and say that I'm not going to ask you to go to iTunes and click write a review for The Fizzle Show. Uh, because frankly, I think uh, I think you probably don't even need to be. You probably don't need. I could do this forever. You probably don't need to be asked to to do that. I don't think. <laughs> so don't go to the iTunes store. I'm not going to tell you not to. I'll tell you that. That's where I'm going to draw the line. I'm not going to tell you not to, but I'm not going to tell you that you should. Well, I mean, obviously you should, but I'm not going to ask you to. Are we clear on that? Okay, folks, that is this episode, episode 121. Listen, I don't know where you're at in your business, but I'd like to hear from you. Why don't you shoot us an email at heyguys at fizzle.co and just tell me in one sentence exactly where you are in your business. We will read every single one of them. I'll ask Steph, uh, who isn't here. <laughs> Steph, you're getting a lot of email this week to uh, to forward them straight to me. And, and I want to respond to each one. So heyguys at fizzle.co and tell me where you are exactly in your business in one sentence. I have been Chase Boardman Reeves. Find care, take care. Serve hard and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.